Hey everyone, this is my brother Michael. My brother Adam. We're the Sharp Brothers. You're listening to Mentoring for the Modern Musician. Hey everyone. Hey everyone, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to another riveting episode of Mentoring for the the Modern modern musician. Musician. And I'm not kidding, it actually will be riveting this time because we are talking to Jason Aldean's drummer, Rich, Rich Redmond. Redmond. And, you know, Jason Aldean's drummer, but he's a drummer, he's an actor, he's a speaker, he's an author, he's an educator, he's a producer. Yeah. He has a new book out. Based on his live speaking engagements program that he has called Crash. Crash. And he'll explain in the podcast what, the what that is. is for. We're going to have links to all of Rich's stuff this in the show notes. This will be link-filled show notes. There's going to be a lot of links in the <laughs> show notes. Uh, but it tr- all, all worth it. Oh, yeah. You guys are I, in for a huge treat. Uh, I mean, we're going to stop talking so that we can uh, get right to Rich so you can yeah. listen to him talk. Rich Redmond. Hey, Rich. Rich. It's the Sharp Brothers. It's it is. Sharp. Yeah. That's right. Awesome. So excited. How are you? It's been oh, a while. Hey, great. It's, I know it has it's been great a while, to, It's sir. great to have you on the podcast, man. Yeah, it has been a while. Good You're, to hear your voice. Yeah, man. Great to hear you guys, man. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. New Hampshire. With New Hampshire. Exactly. <laughs> Shout out. And you're uh, you're on the West Coast today, right? You're, you're out in L.A. right now? Yeah, I'm in L.A. Um, I've been out here for um, a week. I just had a little a little bit of downtime, and I was supposed to be doing actually a percussion ensemble concert um, the, yes, uh, yesterday and the day before in Dallas, and I had to reschedule, man, um, just because I have the sinus infection a couple times a year uh, with the change of the season. Yep. Yeah. I hear you. I'll Me get too. a little little sinus infection. So flying with a sinus infection is never a smart move. No, exactly. Always a bad idea. Yes. So I'm just chilling out here, waiting for my band to fly in, and we're gonna go to the, you know, uh, Palm Desert area and do a stagecoach this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Oh, oh, beautiful, fantastic, beautiful. How much are you guys touring right now? Um, we were we we had six months off, really. We okay. finished like in October of last year, mm-hmm. and um, you know, our new cycle is that we pretty much tour now, like. April to September, April to October, and we used to do like over 200 shows a year, and now we just do like 55 shows, 60 shows a year. Super, wow. super easy, man. You brought yeah. well, yeah. Well, when you you get to that level, I suppose you can <laughs> you can maybe say it's easy. But uh, for for anybody just joining the podcast who doesn't know, that's we're talking with Rich Redman. I mean, right. we when did this Rich in the says, intro, but when when Rich says the band, he means. Jason Aldean. Jason Aldean band, and, and you may have seen them in one of the giant stadiums somewhere around the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so let's start there, Rich. Let's let's give everybody a little little sort of history on you. Where wh- when did you begin with music? Like when did you know? When did you know this is it? I got to do this. Um, you know, I was in '76 and '77. I kind of started taking lessons. I was like, um, you know, six, seven years old, and I had a real interest in it and a real aptitude for it. And my parents recognized that. And my my teachers early on recognized that. But um, I think it was when we I relocated to Texas, and then in 81, the police came out with um, uh, <laughs> synchronicity. It was like yes. 81 or 82, right? Yeah. It was the birth of MTV. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Van Halen came out with 1984, and we were all glued to MTV every day. And I just kind of said to myself, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I just kind of knew. You, you know? knew. Yeah. Yeah. And did you ever waver? Never wavered. Um, it was, I kind of kept my, my focus there. And there was some, you know, there were some lean years, you know, when I moved to Nashville, 
Right. Um, the first couple of couple of years, there was, you know, I had tons of experience and I'd been playing years and years and years. And I put in my tens of thousands of hours of practice and I had my master's degree in music. So I played, I played all different kinds of music. And um, I was, you know, parking cars, waiting tables, doing construction, you know, substitute teaching, uh, yeah. making copies, data entry, you know, just strange jobs and Anything. like trying to make ends meet. And yeah, just shake, yeah. shaking hands and playing in the clubs every night and trying to get my, my tribe together, my network of people that would, you know, yeah. could be true believers, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah. First two years are rough, man, in Nashville. And then, uh, you know, you just shake enough hands and, and people start championing you and you could build on that. It's been fantastic. You know, relationships, right? Always relationships. Yeah. Relationships and long game. Well, it's, I, I, I do kind of want to, one of the, one of the reasons I was excited to have you on the podcast now, I mean, Full disclosure, Michael and I have been talking about having you on the podcast. Since before we started doing the podcast. Since before we started the podcast. We made our list on our whiteboard in the studio. And you were top of the list. Of guests. <laughs> and you were, so this, this is, so this is, we're kind of excited. This we're, is pretty exciting. We're, we're kind of excited we finally got you on here. Well, because the time that I spent with you, how, you know, however brief it was, we were in the studio, uh, you were producing a, a, a band that I was working with. And we were in the studio together for about a week. And okay. it really, it, I got to tell you, Rich, it really, it changed my approach to my career because sure. you talked so upbeat and so relentlessly about how you got to do it all. Yeah. That you, you need to, you need to be fully invested in yourself, that you are an entrepreneur that that means that you need to be just always out there doing whatever the next thing is that you can do that you have a talent for. Sure. Right? And and it really I, what I realize now now that I've done more research on you and 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 you've got this great book that just came out that is what 29 on the Amazon. Yeah, it was it made a right? nice uh yeah, it made a um Top 50 rock musician biographies and top 100 self-help books. So I'm super excited Beautiful. about it. Which is phenomenal. And yeah. it's this. It's based on your crash course for success, right? Yeah, yeah, crash is you know basically my speaking platform that I've been speaking on for about 12 years. It's super easy to remember. It's an acronym. It stands for commitment, relationships, attitude, skill, and hunger. So these five things make up crash, and it's kind of like the basis of my – you know, my life philosophy, my life, my life coaching, my motivational speaking, my my drum, my private drum teaching. It's kind of the basis of a kind of a mantra for a living that I can kind of wrap everything around and kind of use as a fun pillar or five pillars that I can kind of lean on. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. What, and it's what I love about it is I, I love the acronym, I, but I love what it stands for. And I love that it, it really helps people understand it in a really clear way what you're talking about like your messaging is just dead on it's just right. so easy to understand what you're saying the okay. actions you're talking about aren't necessarily easy they're they're demanding like like any you know getting better or at whatever you're doing whether it's personally or in your profession or in your career as a musician that takes effort and it's challenging but the way you approach it is very clear and and positive and uh, it, it, uplifting. 
Which well, is, thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. you bet. It's, it's um, you know, my, the book, you know, it's really easy to get. You, get. you can just type in my name on Amazon, Rich Redmond, Crash Book, it'll come up, and it's available in two formats. You know, you have people that love reading yeah. on their electronic <laughs> device, you know, yeah. any yep. format, you know, any any uh, manufacturer. You just download the Kindle app to your Nook, to your, your Barnes & Noble reader, to your iPad. That'll work. Or, you know, you can have, in, you know, in two to three days, you can have a physical copy of the book printed up and delivered to your front door. Which is what a lot of people are, you know, there's a surge. People are going back to yeah. holding books and, you know, being on the beach and not having right. to worry about the glare of the sun, you know, right. on their yeah. device. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 basically a part memoir, you know, part biopi- biopic biography um, and, and, and a self-help book at the same time. But through the eyes of a musician is somebody that has navigated this ultra insane business, which is really it's hard to call the music business a business it's more like the old west it's like there's no rules <laughs> right you know right. yeah man yeah that's no that's a, perfect. i love that yeah no that's great and uh, so i do uh, maybe we can talk about some of the other things that i wanted to to talk about with you but but let's let's think of it all under the umbrella of uh your well crash your philosophy for life and and it is you know one of the things that you talked to me about when we when we well, I was lucky enough to spend that time with you was that that you did this as you were you used your your platform not just for for teaching drums not just for drum instruction and when you speak you don't just speak about music you're talking about this working in any kind of life like any profession any whatever it is right Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have a teacher's heart, you know, I have my background in you know, teaching and I teach at the Musicians Institute in Hollywood and the Drummers Collective in New York City. And I do, you know, online coaching on platforms like the Meat Hook app and musicianscouncil.com. It's with this new technology. It's a really great way to like, right. you can connect with your favorite players. If you want to take a lesson with Liberty or DeVito or Chris Coleman or Kenny Aronoff, you can, it's right, right. in the palm of your hand, which is yeah. pretty amazing. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I started doing drum clinics at like, you know, guitar centers and Sam Ashes and mom and pop music stores. And then, then it became college music programs. And, and then it became, it turned into high school graduation ceremonies and then like community events and rotaries and um, young presidents organizations. And, um, and then it turned into like me speaking to like Fortune 500 companies and now Fortune 100 companies where people get together on a sales retreat or a um, a sales breakout session and they'll call me usually to open or close the event and, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily be your dad's motivational speaker, but a guy that's like <laughs> right, kind of right. crazy. Like, yeah. yeah, like, um, like Jerry Lewis meets <laughs> animal from the Muppets <laughs> plus, um, you know, Tony Robbins, you know, or Gary Vaynerchuk yes. or somebody like yeah, that. Man, I love that. I like the Gary V. Good... Yeah. I like the Gary V. Yeah. Comparison. Yeah. That's good. Oh, definitely. I like that a lot, man. He's definitely a good, um, that's just kind of a good benchmark of what my event really is. And so there's no PowerPoint, you know, I mix music and motivation and humor and storytelling. And then I, I kind of, um, I kind of pinpoint and sculpt the message and uh, around that company's culture and their goals for that quarter or for that year. So, you know, um, yeah, we do, I do pharma, I do big business, I do tech, I do healthcare, I do education, I do, entertainment and it's just always a really fun thing you know yeah man oh, absolutely well, it's one of the things that um i've always loved watching you 
and and the way you present yourself for, for with the with your your online presence or whatever that it, it's really easy to see somebody you know pl- performing the way you do and we're going to put some links in the in the notes so people can uh yeah. see you perform because i think it's important to watch you play to, to watch you perform like you you are a unique position you're in a unique position where you are the session player but also the touring drummer for for the Jason Aldean band and that's not always the case in Nashville right right yeah for and you know it's it, the culture in Nashville is it's never always been a, it's not really a band friendly town you know where right. there's six mm-hmm. guys in a band and it's all for one and one for all and we're all signed <laughs> to the record deal it's very about it's very much about a front man or a front woman and there's this yeah. kind of like invisible backing band and that's and then people just interchangeable as long as they're playing the parts on the record and then there's this whole other culture of the A team and the B team, you know, list of session players that would just, you know, dot, just bop from one studio to the next on 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th Avenue in Nashville, <laughs> which is this, it's just, it's this cool little, you know, geographical area where like all oh, this music is made that you hear on the radio every single day. So, yeah. um, so, you know, the reason for that, it was because, you know, Nashville is, I won't call it a good old boy system, but it is very. It was, it was a very much a small town, and it was all very, very relationship based. And let's yeah. face it, like gotcha. I don't, I don't knock it. Everybody wants to work with their friends, so it was just a bunch of like super skilled guys that got in, and all the producers say, "Well, this is super easy," and they just continued to use those guys. Right. And then there right. was the guys that that were, you know, that were maybe they didn't have a deepest, the maybe they had a deep skill set, but they weren't in on that inner circle. So. The, the message was I would I was never going to limit myself to those beliefs. So by believing in my mind that I was a capable session musician and I was a capable touring musician and realizing that both of those things fed each other in yeah. a positive way, I could do both. And that was kind of like crazy thinking. And now it's like the lines the lines have been blurred a little bit. You know, yeah. I think ever since uh, 2003, we, I was in a band called Rushlow and we played on the mm-hmm. record and we toured on the record. And then we took that touring band and we turned it into Jason's touring and recording band. So, um, you know, it's been quite some time that I've been able to just, uh, you know, play live my take on a song, but yeah, there's nothing wrong with like having a job and having to learn things note for note. You're going out, you're playing with a, sure. a Gwen Stefani or something. Sure, sure. You guys are learning the parts off the record and it just mm-hmm. becomes about just executing every night, mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. It, which, which is a whole other talent and skill set, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so is the, it, I'm curious, just a side note here, is the, uh, the band set up for Jason the same as it was now? Is it the same lineup completely as um, it was in that other band? We've gone through some changes, and I kind of spell out some of this stuff in the book. It's an interesting thing. Like me, Kurt Allison, and Tully Kennedy were playing back in the day with Aldean, like starting in 1999. Right. Wow. And we did a, just a million showcases and demo recording sessions. And then we played on this debut record and we went out on the road. And it was just us four. It was like Jason and like this country rock animals. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Power trio behind him. So no keys, no fiddle, no steel, no second acoustic guitar player, chick right. singer ooze and oz yeah. background you know like tambourine <laughs> it was like lean and mean but the songs yeah. were really good so we were able right. to get that across with the energy yeah. and then as the organization grew we had to find that right um second electric guitar player and then we had to Perfect. add a uh, the right steel player and so jay yeah. jackson and and jack sizemore came into the fold a decade in wow. and a, a decade ago 
So wow. So you yeah. and Tully, you and Tully and, and Kurt have been playing together now for twenty years. Twenty years. Wow, <laughs> man. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Man. That's amazing, that's man. Nuts, boy. That yeah. doesn't happen anymore. Well, so it's interesting. So the reason I was bringing this up is seeing you play live, and we we want to have we'll have links to to clips in the in the description, but. It's very easy to, you know, I'll use one locally. You know, when you guys played at Fenway Park, right? People yeah. can see you on stage and go, "This guy's amazing." You're, it's the music is country, but you're a rock star. There's no way around it, man. There's yeah. it, like that. That's just how it goes. But it's really easy for people to think that in your off time as a rock star, you know, touring with the biggest country touring act in the world, arguably, you would just sit around and, you know, sit by the pool and. <laughs> You know, not doing it. Yeah, and, and, that's and, the fantasy. And right? so, seeing you doing all this amazing stuff, you know, motivational speaking, and you know, teaching at a at a a, a nearby store, or putting out a book, or or producing other artists, or all these different things that you were doing while all of this stuff was going on, was mind blowing for me. To, to to and it was great for me to to show you as an example to young musicians. Yeah. Like, look at the way this guy is working. You see that? That's it. That's how you do it. That's how you win. That's how you become successful. Well, man, I appreciate it. Yeah, like anything really in life that's usually worth having, you know, you, it comes at the sweat of your brow. It's not going to land in your lap. And some people are super lucky and they get there by, you know, just the universe smiles on them. They're in the right place at the right time. Or sure. by nepotism, their parents are, are in the industry or yep. they come from wealth. And, you know, for me, it was just like I always had a paper out. I always shoveled snow. I always raked leaves. I always, yes. had a, I always had a hustle. I was never afraid to share with people, like, this is what I do, and I can do this for you. Because if you don't let people know what you do and, and let them know confidently that you can solve a problem for them, which is I need a drummer. I need people to play my songs. I need people to dance to my songs. I need people to drink and interact and to my songs. That starts with the energy of a good drummer, and you go, I can do that for you. And then, so really, I'm I'm a small business owner. I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur, you know. And and then you can figure out like if you can get really good at one skill set, what are some other things that are in that lane? So at this point, I've explored so, every side of the music industry. I've 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 some 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 things I enjoy more than others. But by being fearless, I was like, okay. Um, I could play drums in the studio. I could play drums in my own home studio. I could play mm -hmm. on the road. I can freelance and play for other artists. I can teach clinics, master classes. I can teach online. Um, there's like nine revenue streams and creative outlets right there. And then you say, <laughs> okay, maybe I'll start writing songs. And that turned into me getting a publishing deal and writing songs for four years. And then I said, maybe I'll start producing records and then that leads to like oh my god you're like getting artists signed and you're creating a sonic identity for them and you're getting paid as a not only as a drummer but as a producer and then you're helping people's dreams come to life and, and getting their music career in order for them and then before you know it you start um speaking and you're like wow this is really close to like voiceover people say i have an interesting voice i'll take a voiceover <laughs> class and then and then i started taking acting lessons and i got a, i got in a couple of i got in two horror films and a television show and and now um you know i've been studying comedy too so like i you know i studied at the upright citizens brigade you know which is amy poehler and tina Fey's school oh, yeah, in yeah. Los Angeles. yeah yeah so i took a little improv class and i just took a private comedy class with victoria jackson from saturday night live yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Member, you know 
And um, then I said, I'll start a podcast. And, and you just start swimming in these different waters and you have always have some sort of a side project and, and put content out, you know, as an educator, you know, with my drumming in the modern world.com, you go there. It's like everything I know about drumming in a five and a half hour package. And, you know, you pay one price and you could stream it for your entire life. Beautiful. Um, you know, so I said, like, I've, at this point, I've experienced all these different sizes. I mean, I've been a booking agent. I've managed acts. I've had, produ- you know, I've got another production company. I have a side modern rock band, you know, with Billy Sheen on bass called The Fell. Right, and right, right. A, man. Yeah. Bi- we're putting Billy- out our single uh, June 14th. June oh, 14th beautiful. Sony Orchard. Yeah. And Billy Sheen's, um, Billy Sheen's playing bass on that. Yeah, yeah. So it's a it's a fantastic project. And it's so funny is that it's just it's kind of like um, modern rock. That's like it's got some like super pop and you know hip hop and, and undefinable genre influences of like you know um, you know the nineteen seventy five yeah and, and, and some super modern bands like that. And then also um, kind of like some throwback kind of like 90s thing 90s influences and then some like a little bit of muso things in there that are like wow where did this strange bridge come from um beautiful so it's fun you know we don't know what's going to happen with it it could be it could be a, a massive game changer and we have to see what happens with you know the public's perception of it but um you know you just have all these offerings and you experience these things and then you look back and you go okay now that i'm like staring at 50 i say to myself well what are these things that are giving me the most joy yeah. Um, which of these things are the least, you know, it's like time for money. So it's like, okay, well, how do I enjoy spending my time? You know, yeah. which one's going to make the most money? At? So, so you're constantly redefining like which one of these things like really brings you the most joy at the beginning of the day. I'm a drummer. I solve that problem for people. <laughs> right. And then what other cool things can I do, you know, with my time to be creative? Absolutely. I just love that. And I love one of the things that you talked about, you know, really early on in what, when you were just discussing your approach is the same thing that you talked to me about however many years ago that was, five, six years ago, about that you're an entrepreneur and that it's about looking at your skill set and then identifying revenue streams that where you can solve problems for people in, the, in, in that skill set. And I think it's one of the things that Adam and I talk about all the time when we're, you know, the, the whole basis of this show is to try to give real information about the industry right now as it is to mm-hmm. up and coming musicians so that you dispel the myth, right? And, right? and one of the myths is that you, you get to just focus on one thing. Right. And that's just not usually the case for working musicians that we need to, yeah. right? Yeah, it used to be. It used to be. It used to be when the music business was thriving. You could just be a dude that rides around on a tour bus and makes fantastic cash, or you could be just signed in a band and do that, or you could be a full-time songwriter, or you could be a full-time record producer. And some of these people are good enough; they just stay in their lanes and they're just yes. so great at what they do. Or you know, it's and then you also have to define, you know, what success is to you and what does that mean financially and how right. much money do you need to. And all these factors to go together, but for the most part, I know that for for a long time that mute, that really successful musicians that are in my lane, in other words, my name isn't on the billboard. Some other guy's name is in my bill is on the billboard, and I have to make him look good. Right. So that's kind of my my job description. 
so for guys like me, we really have to multitask. If we want to have like a super quality life and, you know, um, you know, not be stuck in, in a, like a Toyota Yaris or something like that. We have to like, you know, we gotta, we gotta really multitask, man. Right. You know, yeah. you really have to plan for your future. And when I talk to folks in corporate America all the time, even ones that are operating at a high level and they have these massive salaries and they're super high up the food chain, you know, I've done 12 speeches for Cisco. They basically run the internet. You know, we wouldn't have an internet without them. So, um, you know, these people are super high achieving and I've survived like 10 axes falling at Cisco. And my, one of my good pals is like, dude, I didn't, I didn't get cut. I didn't get cut. I didn't get cut. Again. Right. And because they're totally going from a, a cloud-based, uh, a hardware-based company to working with everything in software and the yeah. cloud, you know, so yeah. that's massive disruption. Right, right. So if those people have a nice corporate job, at any time, the heads can roll, and they, they've got that resume out, and they're working for themselves again. So we're ultimately always working for ourselves. We're yes. all entrepreneurs, yeah. right? I, yes. Know, at all times. Yeah. I uh, like that. I like that. I like the way of think that way of thinking about it. That that you can't. I, I will sometimes describe it to to young musicians who are beginning their career that you want to be sitting at the on the edge of your seat, not leaning back. You want to be mm-hmm. you want to be prepped for what's coming always, rather than feeling like oh I got this now I can settle back because the second you settle back, you stop paying attention and then like you said even if you're working for Cisco man. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's and it's a, the the other side of it. The, the other disease is not not giving yourself any time to to smell the roses and to and to and to sink into a, a, a place of happiness and gratitude. So for me, if every single day on the road is spent going, oh my god, I got a book deadline, I got to do a clinic, um, this is happening. Oh, I got to learn my lines for this next. Uh, I'm doing so many different things that sometimes I'm not just like sometimes I just want to sit there and go, oh my god. I am playing with the most downloaded male country artist of all time, and I've been there since day one. Yeah. Maybe today you should just sit in this lounge chair backstage and watch the ocean come in and, like, you know, just chill and then just have a fun time tonight playing your show and kind of, like, drink that in. You have to kind of have some, like, pinch-me moments, like, just moments of gratitude. And I try to do that every day. Like, when I get off the phone with you guys, I'll probably go take a shower. And my shower time is my gratitude time, and that's when I – say you know it could be god it could be buddha it could be your version of the universe or a higher power and you just say look and i'm so happy and grateful that i have my health i have my family i have my friends i have a roof over my head i have transportation most importantly i have the skill set that you allow me to to make a living from and from not only making a living from it i'm able to affect people in a positive way and actually change their lives and it's so funny i get messages from people like hey you know, you played um, a concert with Rick Orozco in 1998 in, in Dubai <laughs> or South Korea. And I was I was in the military at the time and I was depressed and I missed my family and you really changed my life. Or, or I heard about your crash philosophy at a, at a, at a dingy drum clinic in <laughs> Manchester, you know, it was, you know, New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there was like five, ten people in this back dusty room of a drum clinic and he told me about crash and it got me through like my parents dying and and at my yeah. midlife crisis and thank you so it's like you never really know like the crazy little things that you do in your life how these things can have massive impact on people and the world right yeah it's crazy 
It really yeah. is. That's really interesting. Rich, that may be the first time I have heard any, like, and take this in a loving way it's meant, crazed entrepreneur-driven dude or dudette say that they actually do take some downtime and schedule it in. Because you're right. People are always talking about the grind. People are always talking about making sure you're working real hard. But there is an absolute necessity to breathe a little yeah. bit and get centered. I love that. I love hearing that from you. That's brilliant. Well, that's, uh, there's ev that's every meme on Instagram is like, if you're not rising and grinding, you're not, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, all right, we, I mean, we get it. I've read every single one of those books, dude. I get it. I get it. You, you can, know, but you, you can tell them what it, chapter of what book they're in, right? While they're saying that. Does, yeah. I mean, and it doesn't have to be a lot like today. I got a very scheduled day. And it's thankfully to guys like you who actually care that want to like have do a podcast. And I'm talking about my book. I mean, it's just like, it's a busy day, but I'm probably going to take a little time and go to my favorite little coffee house over in Hollywood. The people watching is amazing. The weather is amazing. I'll sit there and I'll drink a nice coffee and I'll just like try not to be a slave to my phone and just kind of drink in the moment. Yeah. Um, nice. You know, maybe having a loved one. It could be, you know, you don't necessarily. I mean, I've survived two marriages. You know, I can't get that right. But, um, <laughs> but you know, I have a I have a nice new lady friend in my life, and she's wonderful, and we share meals, and we go on adventures, and she flies in to see me for like a gig, and we just try to find time to make it happen because we're both work busy working professionals. But yeah. uh, you know, like having some sort of balance, and and I will tell you that most successful people are absolutely obsessed, and there is no balance, and and you're constantly bordering on uh, like. A breakdown like sometimes i know when i'm just overworked like i'm just like i'll just like for no reason i'll just like just cry i'll start crying i'll be like yeah oh boy i need i need to watch netflix with a glass of red wine or go get some exercise or drink a glass of red wine on the treadmill with there you netflix. Go. i don't know drink a glass of red wine on the treadmill watching netflix i that, love that that i'm not i'm not afraid to say that no it's just like in some sometimes that person in your life will talk you off the ledge and go like Look at let's look at the pie of your life right now. Too many people have your attention, so the so maybe these ten things that you're doing right now, let's whittle them down to like, like let's focus on these four big things right now. Yeah. Which are like at this time in my life, it's like I'm touring with Aldine. I'm trying to enjoy that, and then I'm on this kick now where I'm promoting my new book. But that's not enough. I'm already gonna. I've got like five <laughs> other ideas for my next five books, right? Of course. And then you know I'm doing my teaching, and then the Fell record is coming out. So so I'm not really producing or writing songs right now. So so you just give certain parts of your musical diet like rests, and you you know the calendar yeah. fills up, and you have to you know you have to watch your energy and make sure that you have enough energy for people like. This week with the sinus infection, I had to pull the plug on something. I had to reschedule. A bunch of high school kids were counting on me to come in and play with them. We are going to play the music of Queen with their percussion ensemble. And I was like, look, it, if oh. I don't take care of myself and get better right now, I can't be there for Aldine, right. which is my main job. Yeah. So I have to reschedule this other thing. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's uh, – yeah, again, that's that's great. I, a, it's a great it's great advice that you you need to sometimes take a look at that pie and go look i i can't have 10 slices really five is the most that i can do that's it right right it's a nice pizza that's a nice that's a good pizza that's a good pizza five pieces is plenty you know what i mean <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> you get, you get, yes. There's, there's no, not enough treadmill to get get more than five pieces. That's plenty. So, no, I, especially, I, especially if it's a if it's a gluten free uh, cauliflower <laughs> crust uh, pizza with vegan cheese. Yeah, that how, sounds how like did mine. You know? How did you know that's my order? That's how did you know? You just, <laughs> you just made my order there, Rich. That's how did you know? <laughs> that's well. I love hearing you talk about prioritizing that way and saying, you know, the Jason Aldean gig. That's that's your get, that's the that's the one that's one on the list, and then you got these other ones, and you know that you have to take care of yourself so that you can do whatever is the priority there. So I love that. That's I think again I think really great stuff for for uh, aspiring and emerging artists. Well, you know, hell, established artists to hear <laughs> Absolutely. that that that's really important. Yeah. yeah, and those man, those those young artists, man. If you guys want to have success in the music business, it's it is it's just like it's harder than ever and it's but it's easier than ever to, to find an audience because there's so many platforms right so just roll up your sleeves and get busy and, and create that fan base and if you can find you know if you can find a thousand people in the world that are rabid fans of what you do if you sell them a hundred a dollar products once a year you're set Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's, that's amazing. And now you don't have to worry about somebody at Cisco firing you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I it's love like, that. just find, find those, find those thousand people. Find, you know, find, if you can find more, that's even better than, yeah. right, right. you know, that, that'll buy a product, you know, but uh, that's, it's really a, that's do it yourself, this do it yourself economy, even if they never break through and, and have the traditional, uh, major label record deal, which is getting harder and harder to do. And then if you do that, the, the labels have their paws in every revenue stream, uh, your T-shirts, your publishing, everything. So yeah, why everything. not do it? You're, can you figure out a way to do it yourself? I'm just, you know, that you might as well, um, you know, try, see where it takes you. Don't, don't be lazy. Roll up your sleeves, buy a van, Get out there, build an audience, and 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 you know get on the socials and sign every autograph. Yeah, be grateful and be at your best, and stop complaining, or go and do something else because yeah, there's easier ways to make money than the music business. I'm telling you that. <laughs> yes, it that is, is sir. the truth. You are speaking truth right there, my man. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, only do it if you love it because. It there are easier ways to make money. Don't yes. get into it for the money. Exactly. Start a drop yeah. shipping company. You know that's that's <laughs> at least all about the money. So yeah, so that's great. I love that you just brought up uh, for younger audience because the one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is from your insider perspective, particularly in the Nashville world. What kind of changes are you noticing? You know, over the last fifteen, ten to fifteen years. You know, we all know that that records aren't selling anymore. Um, and that's pretty typical across the board, but what kinds of stuff that are you noticing in your genre that, that people need to watch out for that might've, might be landmines now that weren't, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Landmines. Um, yeah, there, like there, there's no rules. There really are no rules. Um, I think people are, you know, the labels are just not signing everybody. They're, they're looking for you to already have an audience. They really are they're looking for you to have this, to have the whole package and be the brand, you know, right ahead. Right. It's like, oh my God, does this kid, can this kid perform? Can they sing? Do they already have a fan base? Are they already writing great songs? Are they marketable? What do they look like? 
it's like if you can give them the whole package, you know. Yeah. There's, there was a lot of recording artists in the 70s. I loved that the 70s was just like whatever. There was all this massive <laughs> experimentation and there was, you know, there was like, you know, uh, out of shape and ugly people that had record <laughs> deals. And there just would never happen anymore because it's such a visual world, right, you know. Right. And we're, we don't even want to look at pictures anymore. We have to have video. We're definitely yes. not reading, you know. So, right. So it's something to think about there. Like you can't just be a great musician. You have to somehow make yourself a marketable product. Yeah, right. To reach to reach the masses, you know. Um, so yeah. So you know, just I would just say, have your skill set together. Learn about business. Learn about harnessing the powers of social media, branding, marketing, um, all that stuff, and and make it as easy as possible for a label. And maybe you don't even need them. You know, maybe right. you don't need them. You kind of need them to break big and be the next Gwen Stefani. You, yeah. you need a right, you know. But but maybe your definition of success is um, somehow can I make a hundred thousand dollars a year by catering to those thousand true fans? Right. You know, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I like that. That's the that's the second or third time that you've brought that up in this conversation. The idea of uh, spending some time defining what you would consider success, right? And that that may be different right. for different people. Yeah. Totally. I mean, some people, some people are like, um, they're, they're very happy to be the best drummer in their small pond and they play with the best band every Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, and they have a cushy job and then it allows them to, to be a dad or like, you know, have the balance, you know, that stuff. And then other people are like, Hey man, you know, I, you know, I'm a single dude. I love this cruise ship lifestyle. You got guys that have been out and playing on boats for 20, 25 years. Um, and then you got people that are just like, I want to see how far I can take this thing. So like all the guys that I went to college with, you know, whether it be like Keith Carlock, who's playing with Steely Dan or my, mm. uh, Blair Sinta, who went on to play with Alanis Morissette and Melissa <laughs> Etheridge and like all my buddies that we went, Jim Riley with the Rascal Flats and, um, Jason Sutter with Marilyn Manson. It's like, we all went to the same school. We said, we all have to go to New York and LA and all my friends went to New York and LA and I was the only guy to go to Nashville. You're the only one. And it's like. I was the only one. They're like, "What are you crazy?" Like the music hadn't become very cosmopolitan yet. It was still kind of uh, like okay, right, giant hat music in like <laughs> 1997. But I totally, I took me Jim and Jim and I, we took it seriously, man. And we we approached it as a genre, and we went out and we shook hands, and we survived and hung out until we could thrive. And now it's so interesting that people are that you know people are graduating from music schools. They're not even bothering with New York and LA anymore. They're going right to Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is crazy. Which is crazy. No, that's true. That's it. That's actually a great point right there too that that is one of the big things that changes geographically where people go to to pursue music has changed. Nashville is definitely the biggest destination now for that, right? Yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, I see the thing the offerings in in these other cities and I say to myself, "You know what? Um, you know, I can live in New York. I could, I could play bar mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs and corporate parties and weddings and do the tri-state area. And maybe I could do a Broadway show because I have my reading together. Right. And then it's like, well, do I want to? Um, could I? Could I do something? And what's what? What's happening in Los Angeles? Oh, there's like the TV and film thing, and there's like a handful of guys that are doing the TV and film thing. And then what's happening in Nashville? Well, there's country. There's Christian. There's there's the super healthy touring scene that's there. And there's each of these environments has something to offer a musician. So I, I tell people, if you want to pick a home base and you want to 
um, you know, pick a city, then get a Southwest Airlines flight and just get an Airbnb and spend three days, four days in each city and see what appeals to you, like, culturally. Is it like, do you like hailing cabs and being on subways and moving your drums around and then the cold and all that in New York? And Nashville is like, it's limited culturally, it's limited um, it's limited musically, but it's like the, you, it's more, the most affordable of the three cities. It's probably the most friendly. And then you have L.A. where it's just like urban sprawl, crazy prices, but the sun <laughs> is out every day. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. and so people will put up with that um, to live that lifestyle. And, and you just have to see, yeah, which one can you, which one appeals to you the most? Where where could you live? Which what feels like home? That's great advice. Just go and and actually be there for three four days and see what. Yeah, where, people, you can yeah, picture yourself. People are like, there. oh my god, that's the big bad you know city. Like I don't know anything about that. I'm scared of that. It's like maybe you're not really scared of it. Like book the trip. Knowledge is power. Goes like like dip your toe in the waters of the Pacific Ocean and go to the baked potato and see some jazz and then go to the you know, to the Genghis Cohen and like see a writer's night and then go over to Nashville and go right. to the Bluebird and then go down to lower Broadway, and see, see if any of this stuff speaks to you. And like, yeah. if you have, if you have the right skill set, and if you don't have the right skill set and you want to be there, get that skill set together and then move there. I love, yeah. I love that. You can't make mistakes. Right. In public. Right. No, exactly. Yes. You know, you talked about the skill set and getting together, and you also mentioned, uh, you know, you have your reading chops down and and the people that you went to school with. So I guess the last thing I'd want to ask you here is, you know, very often you will hear from people if you want to be a musician, uh, you know, don't don't worry about secondary education. Don't, you know, that very often can be a waste of money. But it's from what you're talking about it, boy, it sounds like it really made a huge difference in your life. Yeah. I know for a fact that what it was me and, 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 and Blair and, and Luke and Sutter and like all the guys and Riley, all the guys that we, that time in the trenches, just experiencing extreme musicianship, like having to pound out chords on the piano and, you're playing timpani in an orchestra and you're learning Japanese uh, marimba concertos and just like really playing difficult music. Frank Zappa, super difficult bebop jazz, big band music. Right, right. That's some of the most challenging music we ever will play. But now we're like kind of like overqualified musically for the majority of the situations that we're in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it prepares you for things. So there's not a lot of surprises like on a daily basis. You can handle every day the kind of the things that are thrown at you. So I thought that I think that's invaluable. But yeah, is a college education nowadays worth the money? Well, it's gone up so much, and we have so many um, tools at our fingertips to build businesses and be entrepreneurs. I think it's a question that's going to be looming for the next decade, maybe in ten years. It'll be like no one's ever even going to think about you know going to college for being a creative. But for me, it was invaluable, and I tell everybody, look, if you can make it affordable at an in-state school, you're going to graduate with a piece of paper. No one can take it away from you. You're going to have a deepened skill set, and you're still only going to be 21 or 22 years old. Right. Right. Yeah. Right? right? Yeah. You can't, you can't even get into a bar yet. Exactly. So why not, exactly. Why not exactly. practice and, like, you know, use the time wisely? No, I love that. 
I love that, Rich. Th- that's a great place to to stop this. I and I just we just want to thank you so much for doing this, and I want you to know that I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be smiling to myself, picturing you sitting, watching people watching, drinking your iced coffee in your favorite Hollywood uh, spot. Absolutely, yeah, man. Nice day, man. Absolutely, and everybody listening, go out and pick up the Crash book. We're, we're yes. going to have links to that in the in the show notes as well. Pick it up; it'll change your life. It will change your life. It literally will. I'm telling you, just just Thank you. casually talking to you, Rich, and and having you be a guy that's changed you know, my life. <laughs> yeah, changed my life too. So, well, you guys are so so sweet. It's great to hear your voices again. Thanks for having me. And. At, you know, podcasts are so fun and cool now. So yeah, thank man. you everybody for supporting these guys. And hey, I got a podcast too. Pick Rich's brain. It's on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and YouTube. Nice, nice, Rich. We're we're gonna throw a link to that uh, uh, in the in the show notes as well, man. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Rich, Rich have th- a great day. Thanks brother. so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, guys. Okay. Bye bye. Well, that's amazing. I mean, I knew it was going to be fun. Yeah, bro, I mean, and look, I knew it was going to be, you know, that's why information said, packed. Right, that's, that's why he was top of the list when we started this, right? It, list of people we have to have on this show. Exactly. Rich Ribbon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and again, that's why, and I wasn't kidding. If you, you know, go and check out his stuff. He's He is as infectious in his instruction as he is in conversation. Yeah. As he is when you watch him play. Yeah. It's uh, the, the positive energy Love that he threw around the word joy. Yeah. Uh, because that's what it's like being around Rich. You can tell that he is – none of that's an act, guys. I could tell you I was in the studio with him at 1 in the morning, and he was still like that after we have been working all day. So I, I love hearing a guy who's that accomplished, that successful, that driven talk about taking a little downtime. That's – I'm gonna to have to take that to heart. I'm gonna to have to reassess my life now. I, I didn't want to say anything about it, but I was I like, know, I was I like, know. I'm looking over at my brother, and I'm going, "Are you hearing the words coming out of his I mouth?" Know. All right, so this is good. This is good. This, see, this guys, this isn't just for you. This is for us it's too. For, it's right. It's We're personal learning, growth as some, well. Exactly, learn something every day. So, check out his stuff. Uh, you know, pick up on that in- infectious energy, that joy. Absolutely. Bite off a big piece of it, and remember, you got this. We got your back. Yeah.